0: Listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at your castle real estate.
1: What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And today we are talking to a couple that's living out their HGTV dreams while doing a house act at a duplex in England, Colorado. They're doing lots of DIY renovations. They're in the studio to talk to us about the deal, their plans, and how reality is matching up with those plans. So we got Lauren Valnodi in the studio as well. Good morning, Lauren.
0: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me today.
1: Glad to have you here because I know this deal, we got a few things to talk about. And you did some amazing negotiations on here. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But to our guests, Alexis and Brian, good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Good morning.
2: morning. Doing great. Happy to be here.
1: Um, So beyond saying that you guys have got your HGTV dream... I mean that's the intro, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Alexis, give us give us the setup on here for what major in real estate investing kind of set the story to talk about this duplex.
2: Sure thing. Um, so, uh, it was coming up that we had been living together and we were interested in buying, and um, I realized I really didn't know anything about the process, and I thought, um, oh, podcasts, people listen to those in the car on the way to work. I could, uh, you know, double down and just start. Learning about how real estate works. And so I Googled Denver real estate podcast, and guess what came
1: up? Uh, <laughs> I know it <what> came up. <laughs>
2: so we are longtime listeners, first time uh, appearing on the podcast. Uh, we spent um, probably about six months before we first contacted you. Um, every time we went up to ski to the mountains, we listened to another podcast episode, um, exchanged a lot of like uh, concerned looks at various times when, um, you know, they talked about how the market was tight, you know, especially through 2020 when inventory was just so low. Yeah. Um, but then we um, got got the courage to reach out and contact you all in June, and that's when we um, we both read the book cover to cover um, and took some notes, and that's how we kicked off the process with you
1: all. I love it. So I know when we talked, uh, the intent was to do like house hack and nomad, yeah. but uh, tell the listeners kind of like what you wanted to like, what's your plan for what you wanted to buy initially?
2: Um, I think we were always interested in the idea of a duplex, something where we had instant rental income um, that we could capitalize on because we are in our mid to late 30s. I know you can't tell because we look so good for (laughs) our age. But we're definitely past the point of really wanting roommates. Um, We like our space clean. And so we did feel like we missed the boat a little bit. Um, You know, some of the podcast episodes where you've talked to younger couples who take on roommates um, and we felt like we missed the boat a little bit on that. So that's why the nomad approach seemed more appealing.
1: Yeah. And what's the long-term goal? You guys have professional careers. Yep. What's the long-term goal with real estate? I
3: mean, we want, we want that, you know, $10,000 a month, you know, uh, income coming in. I mean, that sounds exciting. Again, like she said, the, you know, listening to some of these podcasts of the, I mean, especially these young kids that are, you know in their late to early twenties that are, you know, talking about retiring at, 40 and 50. I mean, that's just, that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know? And we're, we're, we love to travel. Um, we're not people who like material things um, for the most part, um, besides wine, like, you know, good <laughs> wine. But, um, you know, I think for us, it's, it's having something that is, you know, relatively smooth and it's, you know, it's kind of like a locomotive train. You just, it snowballs and, you know, you keep, you keep that awesome income coming in, and I think I think that was really appealing to us. Um, yeah.
1: All right. So I want to fast forward to actually talking about the duplex because you know it's a it's a great deal, great location. I know you guys are doing some work on there, so we got lots to talk about. So we're going to start plugging numbers in the spreadsheet. So we'll share that in the screen. I'll also put this in the uh, the notes as well or the show notes as well. But we'll tell the story of the duplex through the spreadsheet so we talked yeah, numbers a yeah. little story on there as well so lauren um i know they had you know they gotten pre-approved did some high little strategy stuff they started working with you and this was i think what back in july ish time frame mm-hmm. or so yeah. you guys started hunting like what was, do you remember like the first property guys walked at kind of story leading up to this duplex?
0: <laughs> well, that's the, this is an interesting part of the story. This was the first and only property <laughs> that they looked at. And so, of course, that gave them a little bit of anxiety of, you know, are we being crazy putting in an offer on the first property? Um, but you and I, we were able to jump on a call with them. Re, and just re, reassure them. You know, um, we looked at a lot of properties. The numbers looked great. Focus on on the spreadsheet. You coached them. You know, what are the red flags? And the only red flag was us. It yeah. was the very very first property. Yeah. So yeah. once um, we were, so once we were yeah. able to get through that that hurdle, um, you know, they were able to progress forward and just reassured them too of how the process, how the Colorado uh, real estate contract is super buyer friendly. So um, you know, we were able to do all of our homework and get them to pro- mm. uh, progress forward. So first property,
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> it will, it we refer to it in the book as your first date. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so this was our first date
3: <laughs> property. Yeah, so we got married right away, I guess,
1: <laughs> but it's worked out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's what Lord alluded to. I mean, you know, this happens probably about like two or three times a year where we're like, Hey, this is the first date. They're like, Oh, this is a great property. Like, yeah. No pressure, but if right. you guys are going to take this, let me know, because we're going to call someone else exactly. right now. Because And, then, you know, it's not like a sales tactic. It's just, yep. it's a good property. Yep. But as, as Lauren alluded to, we have the buyer-friendly contract. So that's why you feel, hey, let's do it. Definitely. Do due diligence. You'll spend a week or two, maybe about $1,000 in some, you know, inspection costs, everything like that. But it's worth, you know, it's, it's worth the calculated risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this... First date property, which you now live in <laughs> and you own, um, it's in Inglewood, right? Yep. All right. So it's a duplex. So tell us what the list price was, if you remember.
0: Five seventy-five.
1: Five seventy-five. It was
0: originally five twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. That's went right. under contract, but they went under contract with the first buyer at over six hundred. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the financing fell out at the very last second. So when they br- brought it back to the market, they put it at five. 75 they did a price increase on it and we were able to go in and get it 5k over at 580
1: 580 okay so that was the you guys went at 580 what was the the rough like acquisition cost like six thousand or so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay we'll just ballpark it. like one percent works close enough exactly um now i know there's some stories around (laughs) negotiation seller credits thank you so yeah lauren tell us what happened here
0: Um, You know, the house was overall in great shape, but there was some deferred maintenance that had been kind of kicked down the road. So, um, you know, between the three of us, we were able to put together a pretty good strategy. And uh, the buyer was a hardcore businessman. I think he owned like a couple motor, motorcycle.
1: The buyer, the seller. Sorry,
0: the seller. Yeah. You know, (laughs) uh, so, you know, he was definitely a hard negotiator on the other side. Um, And plus two after they had just gotten their hearts broken of being under contract for 15, you know, 35 K more. We came in oh, with some yeah. pretty heavy, heavy hitters. You know, we asked for like 25 K and seller concessions. So it was definitely some back and forth. But at the end of the day, we knew that these guys wanted to offload the property. They wanted to sell. And, um, the roof had some issues. We had some structural issues on the like interior retaining wall. Um, Sewer line needed some, some repairs, and um, we just kind of hit them with like the biggest ticket items. So we were able to negotiate a 20K uh, credit. In um, a roundabout way, we were able to apply $6,000 worth of credits, and then they got a brand new roof, about $14,000 roof repair as well. So.
1: so let's talk about that for a second, because the the credits, you know, is mm-hmm. is money that they got the closing table, which mm-hmm. means it's, it's less money they have to bring down but the credits can't go towards your down payment. It has to go towards closing costs or, mm-hmm. or vendor costs. Mm-hmm. And 20,000 is a large amount mm-hmm. and usually too much to use for like closing costs and buying mm-hmm. down the interest rate. So you took a big check on that and we're able to use that escrow the money for the roofer, right? Correct. Okay, so basically what that means is that when they close, part of the money gets set aside for the roofer, and when the roofer does the work, they get paid out of the money, but you guys don't have to bring additional money down Correct. or put twenty thousand dollars towards buying the interest rate yeah. down.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was great. We were yeah. very thankful for Lauren. She definitely had to talk me for, for sure off a cliff because I was ready to walk. I I, I was they came back at five K and I was, it, it was insulting, you know, and, it, it, well, and I mean, especially because, you know, th- what, what we had said and, you know, what Lauren had said to them is that, um, you know, look like we're not probably going to get our FHA approval with the roof in the condition it's in, you know. It, oh, yeah. It, you know, I mean, I think our inspector said it was like 75 Eighty yeah. percent nail damage, you know. So, so that was a big concern, you know, um, for us. Um, but uh, yeah, Lauren's a good negotiator, man. Oh. Yeah,
2: I thought I thought we were pushing our luck um, and trying her patience. <laughs> and I was under the naive impression that I was truly willing to walk. You know, yeah. I at, at that day because uh, we had extended the closing or the inspection of resolution deadline, or we had extended mm-hmm. some deadline. Um, to continue negotiating. And I was under the naive impression that I was re- willing to walk and yeah. whatever. We'll just take the next one. You know, deals come like a bus. Every yep. next one's going to come around any other time. And then honestly, after we got over that hurdle, I started... You know, continued looking at all the postings that were coming up, and I thought, boy, <laughs> I was I would have really eaten my words yeah. if we had fallen through because, um, you know, nothing was as appealing as what we think we got.
1: Yeah. Well, that's- at the same time, though, I mean, like we're not talking a couple of dollars. I mean, Correct. twenty thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. Hey, guys, suck it up. Don't worry about yeah. twenty thousand. Yeah. That's A lot of that's a lot of money. Yeah. And that's Sorry. a
0: good like attitude to have too of knowing that you're willing to walk if the numbers yeah. don't make sense. It really helps me negotiate because it's it's a whole different level of negotiations whenever you're like, look Lauren, we want to shoot for the, you know, stars here, but we really want the house. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it can make yeah. it a little more difficult. So whenever it's knowing that you're willing to walk, it's a lot easier to play like yeah. hardball and just lay it out on the table for the seller and for them to make that choice if they want to move forward or not. So.
1: All right. So we have 20,000 seller credits. Initial repair costs. I know uh, about 14,000 went to the roof, right? Mm -hmm. What other repair costs would you lump into there that needed to be done?
2: I mean, we've made a lot of voluntary choices i wouldn't yeah. say we've done much of anything that needed to be done um we've done cosmetic upgrades so we did a whole new ikea kitchen we um, ripped out all the flooring um got rid of some carpet and replaced it with vinyl plank flooring so we're about five thousand in at this point um
1: so a lot of you're diying it you know, right yeah yeah. Yep. yeah.
3: so i mean some you know we when it gets to a point where it's like okay like this is, this is the, you know, I, I've gone down the YouTube rat hole of, you know, all this, all the DIY stuff. Um, and I just don't feel confident um, moving forward. That's, you know, that's when we brought in.
1: Yep. Um,
2: Plumber, electrician. I'd say drywalling. those are
1: two things. Don't DIY is electrical and, and plumbing. Yeah. Those are my rules of thumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DIY, painting, yeah, drywall, totally. whatever. Totally. I've had, I've heard horror stories of people flooding a, a units and... <sighs> I got electrocuted once, so those are my two lessons.
3: Yeah. No, we've been, we, we call it LV's peeps, you know.
2: We, we call them <laughs> LVPs. Wait, so what? So Lauren Valinotti, we refer to her as LV. Um, we haven't shared this with her yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we're always like, what would LV do? What, you know, yeah. hey, have you talked to LV?
1: You know, I feel like right? that's like, you got to get a bracelet now. What would LV yeah. do? Uh, <laughs> this is and, awesome. And then we it's call true. them
2: LVPs, LV's peeps, but it sounds like MVP because yeah. that's what we feel like yeah. when we work with that's Lauren. True. Well, that's, no true,
1: that's true. That's true. Oh, you guys are awesome. Um, all right, so we'll say fourteen thousand plus five thousand. I know there's some other stuff because you yeah. guys will be in, in unit A and unit mm-hmm. B. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. Right. Uh, financing though, this is a a duplex, so FHA, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So three point five percent down. I'm assuming is what you guys did. Yes. Yep. 3.5% down. And so all in when cash to close was about uh, $17,000, $18,000, $20,000? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to put back in the... Oops. Not right there. Keep the initial repair cost in there. And then what was your interest rate?
2: 2.5.
1: Yay. Wow. Yeah. Can't complain about that. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about how we are going to do or the rinse on here. Cause what's the layout of the, the, the building.
3: So unit B is, they're both two bedroom, one bath. Um, you know, unit a definitely more square footage, um, than unit B. Um, the bedroom is definitely, the bedrooms are bigger in, um, a, um, but, uh, I can't remember what the total is.
2: B has the attached two-car garage as well. Yeah. Okay.
3: Which is important.
2: They both have different things going for them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, both two-bedroom, one-bath, central
1: air, and laundry. Uh, Side-by-side or up-down? Side-by-side. Side-by-side, each other in own laundry room? Yes. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And so which unit are you guys living in? B. So that's the slightly smaller one, but has the garage, yeah, and for, okay,
3: and for us, we're a couple. you know, we we feel like a is it's too much space for us. And again the the rental potential, I feel like is is bigger in a All right. where, you know, two two people can live there, you know, very comfortably um and again, a separate two separate living spaces. you know, I feel like that's that's, you know, a great potential for, you know, someone who, who, you know, may not know the other person living there.
1: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so you guys live in the unit B, that was the unoccupied one. I know unit A had a legacy tenant Correct. whose lease ends around the end of the year and the 2021, right? Yep. So what's the, what's the operational plan? You move into unit A and that's the ones where we're doing the renovations in. Can I walk through the plan here? So
3: um, initially we had, you know, uh, we were very lucky that the tenant in B, um, he was in the process of buying a house himself um, and so, you know, had motivation to leave um, early.
2: End of September. Yeah,
3: end of September. So we had, you know, we and we were renting through the end of October in our own place. So we had a full month to really, um, you know, renovate, which we thought would be plenty of time. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, uh, so, um, planned on rent, you know, renovating B and then moving to A and then renovating that, that plan has kind of changed mostly because I think a there's less to do, um, hopefully
1: in unit A, way. there's less to do. Correct. Okay. Yeah.
3: And so, I and again, I think the rental potential there is higher initially. Um, so, um, You know, the plan is, is uh, they'll be out at the end of the year. We'll spend January kind of doing, you know, minor projects, knock on wood, um, and then, um, you know, rent it out uh, thereafter.
1: All right. And what are you expecting the rents to be?
2: So when we were, uh, you know, doing the analysis before we even looked at this place and then through the um, contract process with Lauren, she had talked consulted a property manager and came up with 1850 for each unit um as we're sitting here today and have gotten to catch up with LV um she said you know market <laughs> rates are trending up uh we've seen we've been watching Zillow and seen several similar units in the neighborhood going for 1995 um so we're hoping we could be around the 2000 mark for each unit
1: yeah, yeah i mean the the rent increases this year have just been have been bonkers, like the price appreciation. I think yeah. I think on average like 13% up for the year. Wow. I mean, it's a double digit amount. So yeah. we've seen some big increases on rents. So I would definitely try to yeah. push those rents and hey, worst case, they're out there for a right. or for a week, That's no right. bites, drop it. Exactly. So 2000, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you could get that at all. So we're talking $4,000 a month income once you move out. Cause again, this is, you guys bought a future rental. I mean, vacancy, we normally run at 5%. Mm-hmm. I think it'll probably be lower than that just because it's such a good area and you know it's a good time to be a landlord. But we'll leave that 5% to be very conservative. We'll leave rent increases, price appreciates at 3% because it doesn't really matter for year one. Property management. Um, you're self-managing now while you're living yep. there. Yep. When you move out in next year to move on to number two, mm. self-manage, property management, or TBD?
2: TBD, I think it's certainly going to depend on where our next purchase is. If we, you know, land in the same neighborhood that you can be available, um, you know, as needed, that would be one thing. If we end up all the way across town, that's definitely something that would, you know, uh, factor in favor of bringing in a management company.
1: How much do you like, do you guys... uh enjoy it and how much time do you think it'll take you to manage? Like, is it more important to like be hands-on for you or is it more important to have like as much cash flow or would you rather be less hands-off?
2: I think we would prioritize cash flow. I think this has also been a really great learning opportunity to inherit tenants. Um, yes, there are drawbacks and we came in with, um, a legacy lease and, you know, we didn't get the opportunity to interview these tenants or meet them in advance. Um, but then we've also been working with a lease agreement that we didn't write. And so we've learned so much, even just in the last couple months of being landlords that, um, we feel now we're going to be more prepared to make sure that our next lease that we're going to sign with new tenants has the terms we want. So, um, one of the things we need to establish is boundaries and what time is an acceptable time to, uh, send a text message or make a request. Because I think, um, there's always like an, even a silent expectation of, uh, response time. And so, okay, even if the tenant doesn't necessarily expect you to drop everything you're doing and fix a problem, it kind of starts the clock running. And so, um, I think, you know, establishing boundaries of if you're going to contact us after say 7 PM, um, it better be for an emergency on an emergency basis. Otherwise, you know, please wait till, you know, business hours the next day, even if it's not, even if it's a weekend, but, um, We've already learned with you know the nine PM text messages about the, the garbage disposal needing yeah. troubleshooting that you can do on you via Google on YouTube yeah. within five minutes uh, is something we want to you know establish in the future.
3: Also, we're lucky too um that the the property is almost zero escape. You know, it's it's a lot of uh, you know, there's really no lawn for better or worse. Um, but from a maintenance standpoint, um, it makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, there's some bushes to trim and stuff, but overall it's a really um, you know, low
1: maintenance uh house, which is which is great in Good. Yeah. Yeah. So um you guys might want to get it, like a Google voice phone number or one of those like Google Voice is free to freedom. Like, I've used that for years for okay. all sorts of stuff, more for like business stuff. I don't self-manage properties, but what you can do with Google voice is it's, you know, can sync to your cell phone and you can have it like text messages, get phone calls, but you can set up like hours in there and oh, you say, Hey, smart. you know, it, you know, between hours, 7 a.m. And, and 5 p.m., you sure. know, forward it to my phone. Right. If not have this, you know, uh, out-of-office reply, and you can be like, hey, great, we got this. Um, you know, we'll respond to it in the morning. If it's emergency, either call 911 or text this to us so we know. Sure. Um, so using that can be great. would help some, set some boundaries. Yeah. And the other thing, too, especially since you guys have need your tenants right now, make notes of stuff they're saying. And if it's right. like, hey, the garbage disposal, this or that, then when they move out, yeah. spend five minutes, take yep. photos, put down a manual and say, hey, cool, here's a couple common issues we it's have with this property. If the, if the garbage disposal goes out, Here's the here's the tool, that's a tool. Do idea. this, and you can you know self educate tenants yeah, as well. No, that's a great idea. Uh, yeah.
2: See, we knew we should have called you sooner. <laughs> <laughs> We've spent all, these last few months so stressed out. Yeah. 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 Good, that, good voice.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, I'll say that's uh, we need to get hooked up with uh, with Jeff sooner yeah. to get to those deals. So we'll get that done ASAP. So he'll he'll be great at helping you guys get the get the rental set up on there. All right. So two thousand two thousand a month in rent. I'm going to say property management, no, because based on what you're saying and your eagerness, I would say, yeah. hey, self manage. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll see. Monthly reserves, 8%. You go with that? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's good. Okay. Taxes? That was 18,
0: 1840.
1: 1840. Insurance?
0: 1800 for that.
1: All right. And I think you guys, it, this is a good point to highlight to mm-hmm. talk to a few insurance agents. I think you're one you've been working with, you have gotten a very, very high quote, it sounded like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It also was interesting, I think, because um, we had spoken with a broker as well. And um, it is, it, there was some confusion in the process. We had to explain what we were doing. And I think um, some there was at least one agent that was kind of concerned that, um, our closing date was not our move-in date because we knew we were, uh, because the property was fully occupied with tenants, but one was month to month and we could get him out within the first month and so be owner occupied within 60 days as required. Um, But that kind of threw some... um, of our research off in obtaining quotes because at least one said, well, you need to start off with a landlord's policy and then we'll transition you to homeowner's insurance. And so I think it just, uh, the lesson we learned is to just ask questions as much as you can, like get to the bottom of things and make sure you're being understood so that you know that you're covered and that there's not a, you know, you don't find out later on when there's a claim that you didn't get the right coverage you
1: needed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got the insurance locked in. Great tips. How are the utilities on this property? What is it?
2: So each unit, uh, has its own panel and its own meter and they, uh, each tenant pays, uh, Excel directly for their gas and electric. Um, I'm smiling because when we moved in, we (laughs) discovered that, uh, the units were not equally divided between the panels. Um, so for any, um, and we apologize, uh, but it was out of our control for anyone who previously lived at that address. Um, you may have been paying for your neighbor's electricity usage. Have you gotten that resolved? We yeah. have gotten it resolved.
1: Yeah. Did you call Excel or did you just... Re-
2: no, it was, um, just like the, um, unit B's refrigerator was on unit A's panel. So oh. unit A was paying to power unit B's fridge, Yeah. And which it was, is a huge, I mean, that's a big energy suck.
3: Yeah. And it was, it was because, you know, originally it, it was one house. And so they, mm. they basically, they put up a wall, added an addition onto B, um, you know, to make it a separate unit, but then very lazily, you know, they put a new panel in, but didn't move everything over. It was all D I, you know, uh, DIY and probably like a buddy we're assuming. I mean, just, you know, based on the things we've, we've found.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's great. So zero electric and a gas to you guys. Water. I'm assuming one water tap. Correct. Okay, and so is the landlord. You guys paying that?
2: So um, the at uh, least we inherited the landlord. It was actually collecting a separate utilities payment every month, and so both each unit was paying seventy five dollars to for water, sewer, and trash. And so we are currently paying it directly, um, but with that, but that, that money was there to
1: subsidize. Okay. But, what do you think the annual water bill? Because you're, you're 0 scaped so you don't have, you know, irrigation can be a big part yeah. of the water bill. Give an estimate for what it'll be for the year.
2: I think six hundred is probably a good one to go with. Wow.
1: All right. Trash. I don't know, four hundred bucks a year, five hundred bucks a year. Two
2: forty. I got a coupon code through waste management.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and then, since we talked utilities here in this two thousand rent up here, you're gonna. Uh, add on some utility bill back as well?
2: I think so. I kind of like the model of having that utilities payment because I think tenants, uh, they see that as fair. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know when I was a renter, I thought, oh, that's fair, you know, to chip in for utilities. And there may be an advantage to getting the actual, you know, list rental price under the 2000 mark. So you're capturing people who are looking for up to 2000 and then have that separate utilities payment. Basically included in the rent, but not so
1: you're exactly right. Like it's it's the psychological thing where yeah. hey, twenty one dollars in rent, oh that's a lot. Oh, two thousand hundred dollars in utilities, great. it's a different perspective.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm gonna bump up the rent here just to we'll say uh twenty seventy-five each. That looks great. Since we're uh since we're paying for utilities down here, we'll bump up that a little bit. Uh, landscaping. I know you said it's like, you guys will have to probably trim some bushes once yeah, a year. Yeah, what about yeah. snow removal? Cause that is something that. If it is ever, if it
3: ever snows again. No. Um, yeah, I think, uh, again, I think we're taking the approach of like, you know, I, I'm happy to do that. I, you know, I, I have a sales job and so, you know, I'm driving around, um, actually in that area a lot. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'll have, you know, I can take an hour out of my day to go okay. do that. We'll see how that goes. Again, I, I'm with Alexis that it depends on where our next property is um, a little
1: bit. Um, we're going to try it. Okay. At least not.
0: What do you see mostly? Do you see that writing that into the lease is the tenant's responsibility?
1: A lot of it, yeah, it depends on the landlord, and how the property is laid out. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes for up, down duplexes, it's going to be hard to just like, hey, yeah. this tenant's responsible. If they're not, it's still impacting like the other sure. tenants, you know, walkway, And that can mm-hmm. be a liability build on you guys. Yep. If it's more of like side-by-side side and separate entrances and say, yep. hey, you're responsible for this sidewalk, right. you're responsible for this sidewalk, right. and be a lot more clear that way, Um, I would just keep in mind, just, you know, try to minimize the liability as much as possible. Like, yep. don't worry about a couple hundred dollars if you can avoid, you know, a, sure. a slip and fall. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yep. And I mean, yeah. I would say, I mean, if you want to, we can throw like $500 a year in here, which is going to sure. be plenty. Yeah. Sure. Um, I... I got my fourplex I'll spend in normal years, you know, $500, $800 in snow removal. And that's four units, a couple sidewalks, a driveway, and it's 75 bucks, 100 bucks of snow removal. Okay. And you should probably be way less than that. Sure. Uh, but just to like, I would budget some in there because at okay. some point, yeah, you know, you're yeah. me doing and you'll be yeah. driving over there as well. Any other um, utilities or expenses we talk about?
2: No, I think we'll leave internet and cable yeah. up to um, yeah. the tenants. Yeah.
1: All right. LV, you good with that? Oh, all right. <laughs> I like the new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell her. So, this, you know, it's oh, great. She's in her, her. As LV. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is awesome. <laughs> um, all right. So, you're going to be all in. We're estimating about $40,000 between down payment, the roof that the sellers paid for indirectly. You guys will be doing some DIYing stuff, but you know, you'll know you be dropping money in there. So $40,000 all in over the next 12 months. Total rental income with utilities just under $50,000. Take out all the expenses and you'll have a mortgage payment of about $26,000 a year. Um, this is not calculating the mortgage insurance. Mm. Oh, I got the wrong field selected into here. Um, do you remember how much your mortgage insurance is every month approximately? I'm just curious. I,
2: I think I, I'm under the impression everything's included in that twenty-five or twenty-nine seventy-five payment.
1: Yep. It's, so I, you I, said about separately. twenty-five seventy-nine? Yeah. So about two hundred dollars a month. $29.75. $29 for insurance taxes. Mm-hmm. You're probably around 200 dollars a month. Okay. That should be close enough for just, you know, some very ballpark math. So here's where it gets cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> cash flow. While you're self managing, and we have the mortgage insurance estimate in there, about ninety five hundred dollars a year once you move out. Yeah, yeah.
2: That That's my I mean, reaction. it's better than we. I mean, we yeah. knew we we had done the spreadsheet before we looked at before we even did the walk through our you know first date with LV, and then um, we were I was updating my spreadsheet as we went through the process, and we're just learning more information as we went along. We got that um, homeowner's insurance quote. And, but it it was never, it never even looked, ever looked this good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So this is, this is is exciting. Excellent. So, I mean, we're estimating about a 23.3% cash on cash return and a 6.4% cap rate. So great numbers. And just as a note here, like when we say cash on cash, we're including that $40,000. Like we're not just saying your down payment. We're saying down payment. Plus the money you have to invest to put into the property to get these rents.
3: Which is, that's the most
1: exciting part about these numbers to me. Um, but overall, I mean, your overall return is going to be triple digit, you know, mm-hmm. 109%, you know, is the estimated first year return on Quadrant, give or take a little bit since depreciation will be a little bit different since you're living in half the unit. Sure. But overall, just an amazing return on your capital. And a big part is because it's a great property you guys found and also just the power of leverage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to come back here. Let's say rents are a little bit lower. I'm just going to drop it by 200 bucks total. And let's say you pay for property management. Let's go kind of conservative and 10%. You're still going to cash for about yeah. 3000 bucks a year. Yeah. So, you know, I like to look at kind of like the, you know, kind of some guardrails. Yeah, absolutely. Because are you going to make that $9,408 in right. year one? Absolutely not. Right. Hopefully you're around there. Of course. But that's a ballpark. But hey, if you, if you do have to move across town, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, hey, property management which is my experience after one year of doing it, you might be like, hey, you know what? We have the luxury where we can afford it, but still pay the bills. And that comes down to your guys' call preference. But this buys you options.
3: Yeah, and I mean, this is the great part about this spreadsheet, I think, is, and I think it's what drew us to this process is, you know, the conservative numbers, I think it's the way to look at it. Um, I think it's easy to get uh, enamored by big numbers and how this is what we can get. But I think being realistic is- a better approach and being conservative, Um, but the, the, I mean, even at those numbers, it's great to see. It really is. I don't. I don't think when we, I think when we ran the numbers initially, I think we were in the negative by just a little bit. I believe,
2: yeah. at least for the first year, yeah. but yeah. still seeing then you oh, know, the yeah. long the term. The long term
1: is just insane. Yeah. And let's do that. I mean, let's go out here and we're going to change. Just while you're living there, drop of the rents, drop property management. And you're me living for about a thousand bucks a month. Does that sound like, about right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that cheaper than your rent six months uh, ago? Yes.
2: Oh, for sure. We were paying sixteen hundred yeah. for a one bedroom, one bath. No. Isn't
1: that like, amazing? It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, you guys, got anything else on the spreadsheet? No. Okay. I mean, I think this is a great property. Great, uh, great number. So, great job, Lauren. Congratulations, guys.
3: Congratulations. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Um. There were two other things I wanted to chat about because looking at long-term plans here, what is your plans for the next property, kind of the next, you know, monopoly pieces to your (laughs) rental empire? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, we know uh, we want to move on and continue to build our portfolio. Um, We're confident that the Nomad approach fits us. Um, And we're hoping in, you know, mid 2022 next year to be, you know, looking at properties. I think um, one of the things we're a little nervous about is that, you know, we got the FHA loan in both of our names. So that's tied up, you know, we can't do another FHA loan. So 3.5% down on a duplex um, at almost 600,000 was huge. And so I think we're kind of nervous. We're not going to get anywhere near as good of a deal. Um, But hey, that's your challenge, right?
0: (laughs)
1: I'm on it. Well, what what happens a lot of times, because I mean, it's very good that you guys are thinking strategically because financing, you know, is such an underappreciated aspect of buying a property and just building your portfolio. And yeah, you can have one FHA loan at a time. Um, And so when you move out for next year, it will most likely not make sense to refinance out of this 2.5%. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Like why why touch that uh, for a while? Because you will not beat those terms and rates. But then what our clients do is they'll do the 5% down conventional can use us all day long. And if you want to go more like where you do want a house hack to reduce right. your income, right. we find a lot of great properties that have like the mother-in-law suites mm-hmm. or ADUs or income yep. suites in there where actually you can get some similar numbers to this type of property. So it's, again, if you want, you know, tenant on site right, um, or Airbnb or whatever, it's like, you can get um, similar numbers, similar stuff as well, yeah, but I, through a single family.
3: I think we're open to all those options. I mean, I think that's what's we're in a really unique situation uh that i think you know her and i have said many times we could live anywhere you know i mean it for a year it 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 makes it very easy um we're you know we don't have a lot of things tying us down at the moment um so um i think that opens it up to a lot of things i mean we listen we've had a lot of friends that before we started this process were just like oh my gosh it's a nightmare you know we we Put down, um, you know, twenty
2: st- offers. Yeah,
3: several, you know, twenty offers, and you know, got ca- out cash bid every time, and you know, so I think that was part of our apprehension too. Is you know, literally our first date, were, you know, closing, and we're like, is this this easy? It can't be. There's got to be. So- there's something really wrong with this property. Um, yeah, we
2: well, and it's because you uh, and you, your team and LV especially had pointed out how favorable, uh, buyer favorable, the Colorado real estate forms are, and how yeah. there are so many opportunities to back out that in some ways I almost feel like I was going along in the process not really thinking like it was ever going to happen. Like, yeah. oh, well, we have more opportunities to get out. Like, yeah. let's just go with it for now. And then all of a sudden closing day is here and oh, here, we, we made it to the finish line and here we are. And okay, we're homeowners now. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, But I think that really is, is what makes the process so much more Uh, less scary than we had thought. And I mean, I I didn't think I was ready. And um, just listening to the podcast convinced me otherwise, and then going through the process... With your team, um, certainly convinced us otherwise and yeah. makes us wish we had started sooner. A
1: <laughs> lot sooner. One thing to set the expectations is when you do buy property number two, you will probably look at more than one property and make so. more than one offer. And so, uh, so. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll read just the expectations <laughs> yeah, there. No, I hope so no, and again <laughs> shouldn't be twenty offers, yeah, but it yeah. might be more than one and more than one property.
3: No, and I think we've learned so much. I I I, I do feel like we kind of found a diamond in a rough and you know, I think it would be naive of us to think that that's going to happen again. Um, But we'll see. I don't know.
2: We all, I mean, we were also pretty in some ways confident and, and prepared. So we had said when we first started listening to the podcast back at the end of 2020, early 2021, we, we had said we had conversations we're not ready to pick up the phone we're not ready to call them we we need to do more homework yep. we need to you know start investigating what kind of mortgage could we afford what do we want to pay um and so we had we knew we, you know our lease isn't up till October 2021 we're not ready yet but we want to be get ourselves to the point that when we're ready we are ready to go yep. like there's nothing that's not taken care of that we have to work through. And I think we got ourselves to that point, you know, before we called you. And so, when we did that first date, initial walk, we were in a position where we knew we've run the numbers, we're mm-hmm. confident we can afford this, and so we can press forward without feeling like, um, you know, we still have all these things, uh, question marks that are open ended out there. Yeah, cool.
1: So we have a lot of people who are, you know, a couple steps behind you, looking to buy their first property, the first house hack. What advice would you share with them thinking back, you know, six months, 12 months ago, you guys are starting the process, any advice or tips you give other listeners and future investors out there?
2: I think the decision to purchase and your financial wherewithal is a more complicated and complex um, decision than you might think. You might think you're capable. I, I thought I was capable if uh, I know how much money I make. I know what my finances are. I know what my student loan debt is, which in the past has been astronomical at times. Um but I really wish I would have talked to a financial planner or um you know an, an investment team who has the experience to say no you know you, you don't need 20% down. There are other financing options available um, because I, I financially was ready a lot sooner than I thought I was. So.
1: And you were expecting twenty percent down. Yes.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think.
1: That's... I don't know why that myth is out there of LV. It drives me nuts.
0: Everybody's trying to yeah. educate and push it out there as yeah. much as possible. Because, yeah, 20% down is a very big difference than 5% down. Well, and like the horror stories you hear about the Denver market, Mm -hmm. as Bryant mentioned, the
2: friends that are on offer number 21, and they're getting rejected. And I wonder, I really do start to wonder, so a change in perspective. Back then, I believed these, and there's no reason to think that they're tall tales, but, boy, I thought it was just cutthroat, diehard. The Denver market is terrible. It's full of sharks, and you're never going to win. Um, and then once we've uh, read the book and started listening to the podcast, we realized there's probably a lot of realtors out there, perhaps representing some of our friends that aren't strategic and and don't uh, understand the market and um, you know what you all preach, which is that you have to make your offer desirable, mm-hmm. um, something that a seller you know wants to take or consider seriously. Um, and so I wonder how many of those horror stories come out of. Just maybe a realtor and their buyer's not syncing up right as far as, you know, being strategic or knowing what works in this market. And so that was also a revelation that I learned and that I wish I had learned sooner is thinking, you know, this market is too cutthroat. We'll never make it. Because if you're with an experienced team that knows what they're doing, you might walk into your first walkthrough and come <laughs> out closing on their yeah.
1: property. <laughs> you got any tips, Brian? I just think
3: start now. Don't wait. You know, I, I, I said it to both of you guys many times as I wish I would have done this in my twenties. You know, I lived up in the mountains and, um, I could have been renting to my friends, you know? Um, and I would still have that beautiful ski chalet to, you know, whisk, whisk Alexis away to. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, start, don't, don't wait, don't hesitate. It's, it's only costing you. I mean, you know, I, I, I've been interested in the the stock market and all that stuff for several years, but I, I mean, this is, this, I mean, just looking at those numbers, you're like, this is way better than any return you're ever going to yeah. see in the stock market. I mean, this is the best investment opportunity you can have and it's how you get to your, your perfect life, you know, where you're it's hopefully <laughs> that's the goal, right?
1: I agree. <laughs> One last question for you guys. Cause I'm in like, uh, planning mode for a twenty twenty two investing strategies book. Are you guys planning on writing a chapter for the twenty twenty two edition? I'm all about it. Please. All right.
2: It, Brian's not even a good speller. <laughs> this is all gonna I, fall I, on me. I don't <laughs>
1: <Don't>, it, <laughs> it's a team effort, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's spell there's spell check. Come on. Yeah. yeah. We we have we have an editor read it all. Um, you have to
2: double check his math too. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, but seriously, please, please write a chapter guys. Um love, I know some it. people like, oh, I don't have experience to share. You absolutely do. Even though you're on the earlier part of your journey, there's a lot of people who are quite a few steps behind you, And they can learn from you, so so please share it for those people. And also, it's the ultimate accountability tool for you guys as well.
3: Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, again, that's that's what drew us to this is just hearing all these different stories of, like I said, you know, I can't remember the young couple's name, but that was the that was the podcast that like was like, wow, this is like, oh really, this is so powerful. They might have been from Austin, Texas. They
2: were they were recently married or they were engaged, and they. It was like a friend, all the, the roommates that they collected for
1: yeah, their um, house hack. Was, oh, like it was Walker and friend. Nina. I think it's probably what they're okay. talking about, right? Was it their? their? I think so, yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds it, like They're lined
3: up where like, yeah. a friend of theirs was moving out from Texas that she had been, it was her sorority sister or something. Yeah. And, and uh, it, again, it was, you know, the, they're thinking about retiring at like 45. It's just like, holy cow, like that is the dream, man. Yeah. Like, like good for them, and I mean, you know, obviously their stars certainly aligned, especially with their first property, yeah. and you know that was, again, the struggle. I think for us is like, oh gosh, running room to room, it just, it's just not, it's not in the cards for us. Yeah. You
1: well, know? it's a di- different phase in your life. It's yeah, similar.
3: no, absolutely. And and we actually just last week we talking a bunch about, um, we you know before we decided to settle into staying in B moving to a, and then renting to like, you know, a traveling nurse. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Alexis was really, you know, kind of on board with that. And I, 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 was too, as far as the numbers, but I also was like, well, then you're signing yourself up for living with someone, um, that you don't know, you know, and are you prepared for that? You know, she's lived alone, um, besides one year. And that was with a good friend. And that actually turned sour, Um, And I think that was where I came in and said, you know, are are you prepared to, you know, go through that with someone that you don't know? And, you know, a nurse has very weird hours and, you know, there's going to be a Tuesday night where they have off, you know, that they're going to want to have friends over and they're allowed. But like, are you going to want to come home from work and like deal with that? You know, and I think that's kind of what changed our attitude just a little bit.
1: And those are great questions to like ask yourself and ask each other, just to you know, to merge. Hey, the spreadsheet, right? But you also have to live in the property for a year or two, and let's not be miserable.
3: Yeah.
2: And I think that's that's the great thing about having the nomad strategy versus house hacking, because there are a lot of options, and you can pick what suits you. Um, And I think it's it's important to have the conversations and be on the same page because. Throughout this process, I think Brian and I have gotten into one argument in like three months of DIY renovations, which I'd say is That's
1: a really good. good scoreboard.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and I think it's it's all because we know what our goal is. And we established from the beginning, like, yes, um, you know, this place was to a certain extent, move in ready. Um, it could have easily been rented as is, but we decided, you know, let's let's clean it up cosmetically, let's put some sweat equity and time and a little bit of money into this, because we don't want, you know, necessarily just any tenant who's willing to pay, say 1800 we want a tenant who's willing to pay 2000 and, you know, is going to go for the new IKEA kitchen and, and, and appreciate those modern touches um, and just, you know, kind of give ourselves the added insurance of, you know, getting to the higher end of the rental. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, we'd also, I, th- I think, another kind of mantra we had is, um, you know, that we want a space that someone feels comfortable coming Mm -hmm. home to. Um, it's, it's what I would want. Um, and it's that struggle though of, okay, how, you know, what's something that's a little too much what I want, you know, it's a rental, it's a rental, it's a rental, you know, kind of skirting that line just a little bit. Um,
2: That was been in it. So the renter, the rental versus owner mindset was so easy when we first started looking (laughs) because it's so easy to walk into the place and see duplex, two bedroom, one bath, both sides. You know, laundry in each side, central air. Like, doesn't really matter what else is going on in this place because I know that from a rental perspective, that's great. Uh, Where we've lost a little touch with that is through the renovation process because it's hard. Especially being a perfectionist, kind of type A, to while, well, okay, I kind of messed up this paint job. I'm not like, I'm not going to not go back and fix it. But at the end of the day, is the renter going to care that I kind of missed a spot on the ceiling or is that really about me? Um, so it's hard to always maintain the perspective, but I think at those important milestones of, when you're looking at properties, when you're going under contract, when you're making decisions about, you know, the big picture scope of whatever you know project you might be considering, that's the time to keep those, um, you know, that perspective, and then we'll let the little things slide as we go along.
3: Well, and also too, I, you know, when you have stuff that's, you know, newer and a little more put together, I feel like it makes a renter want to respect it more you know whereas if it's you know it's old kitchen cabinets and one of them doesn't close properly you know whatever i feel like you you as a renter someone can just be like well what does it what does it matter i don't need to take care of this um you know and again it's it's curbing that like okay we're not going to put granite in you know as much as we want to and it looks nice you know laminate it sounds cheap but what we've done, you know, is it's, it's turned out great. Um, and so, you know, we've been really happy with it and it's going to be, you know, long-term for maintaining better than granite.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you're all in for 5k or so on the, on unit a that you're living in or whatever unit you're living in, you know, so bottom line is I think you're doing a good job on balancing it too. You didn't spend $25,000 doing the kitchen. Right. You might, be something differently. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, don't do that. Give me a little, like, love smack, you know, to, like, wake <laughs> you out of that. Yeah. But the fact that you're in there, like, I think you're on the right track. So, oh, thank you. congratulations. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. We thank you will. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we will have you back on to talk about number two next year. I love it. And see your chapter Jeez. in the 2022 book. Love it. So, I know you guys gave us the email address in the show notes. We'll put the link in there so people can network with you. Great. Um, We always are big fans of like facilitating networking through this podcast. So, you know, listeners out there, if you resonate with Alexis and Brian, reach out to them, show notes are in there. If you can't find it, email me or Lauren and we'll get you in touch. So guys, thank you. And Lauren, awesome job.
0: Thank you guys. Thanks, LV. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And if anyone out there has any questions or comments, always reach out. We're always happy to chat and help you out. Have a great one, everyone.